Welcome to the TLT Movement Podcast, a podcast for tomorrow's leaders today. We are still here at the FPEA conference. Today, we are joined by Janique Stewart. She's a national conference speaker that talks about a plethora of topics, all of them being difficult ones to talk about. Today, we are going to be focusing on pornography and just it in the culture. The, uh, I feel like every year the line between lust and love is becoming increasingly blurred. Pornography is being exposed to children younger and younger every single year. And so we're just going to talk about a topic that might be hard to hear, it might be hard to talk about, but is one that needs to be talked about. People try to put us to Anything challenging is going to be hard. But so what? Hard could be the new fun. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Who's going to carry the boats? Endeavor to persevere. If you want to be a good leader, you have to understand human nature. I never look back. It distracts from the now. So, Janique, how are you? I am very well, and thank you so much for having me here. This is an excellent podcast, so I'm so glad to be a part of it. Yes, I'm so happy to have you. We we have been actually waiting to have you on the show for a long time now. Yes. You are you are on the top of our list. <laughs> thank we, you. we we love what you talk about. It's so awesome. And thank um, you, Danny. You know, I gotta say, I when I was first uh, in public school in the third grade, mm-hmm. I was introduced to pornography my first day on the bus. Um, really? Yes, some kid showed me on his on his phone um, a video and then wrote down the link and told me to go home and scope it out. Throughout my schooling ex- experience, it was definitely advertised to me as uh, masturbation is the healthy thing to do. It's the safest sex that you can have because you're not you're not really you can't get pregnant. Not, exactly, can't get mm-hmm. pregnant. You're not hurting anybody, and. Uh, I was even told that pornography is normal, and that is what everybody watches it, and it's totally okay. I went down that path for many, many years, and uh, now I'm successfully out of it, and I, I no longer view it. I'm no longer in that world, but it had captured me for a long time, and I had the wool pull over my eyes for many, many years in my youth. Well, first and foremost, I want to thank you, Danny, for even being honest and transparent to even share that and with you sharing that I believe there are so many people who are listening who you are giving them freedom because Mm. I think when we hold on to things we can't heal but when we share them it gives us opportunities to find healing Mm. and to be freed from what now has become an, an addiction in this nation just to share a couple of statistics from a group called Covenant Eyes. Uh, 90% of children ages 8 to 16 have viewed porn. Wow, 90%. Yes. That is alarming. Yes, that is alarming. But here's what's even more interesting is that most people do not realize that the largest consumers of porn. Guess which age group? It's boys ages 12 to 17 year olds. Get out. You see, most people would assume that it's much older men. Nope. Sure. The number one age group for porn consumption are boys ages 12 to 17. Now, it isn't just boys. We know that there are an awful lot of girls. There are more girls that are starting to consume pornography. And, of course, we know adults do as well. Mm. But where we see a lot of the addiction 
is actually starting in high school. In fact, even sometimes middle school. Wow. Um, in fact, one of the stories that I actually just kind of want to share with our listeners, I actually used to live down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, mm-hmm. or in that area. And I used to work as a sexual integrity speaker all over the state. And I remember I actually had to speak over in Palm Beach County at a middle school. I did a parent night with the parents because I was going to be speaking the next day with their middle school students. Yeah. And a father was basically giving me a hard time saying exactly what you said at the very beginning with the the mindset that, you know what, porn's no big deal. And it's a boy's right to passage. He kept saying it's a boy's right to passage. And I said, but sir, boys that look at porn often become addicted to porn. And boys that are addicted to porn grow up to be men who are addicted to porn. Mm. So it really is a bigger deal than you think. And he's like, oh, no, it's not. Now, he knew he has two young men in his home and didn't think it was a big deal. It was always supposed to be the one week was parent night one, and then I was supposed to do a second night with them. Well, that first night, he gave me so much grief. Well, second week comes, he shows up, and Danny, he had a completely different attitude. Why is that? And he said, well, this is what he said. He said, Miss Stewart, he goes, I actually need to apologize to you. And he got this very somber look on his face. He turns bright red and he said, I only thought about porn for my 14-year-old. I also have a 10-year-old. Mm. He's like, and to be honest with you, like I kept saying, that it's a boy's right to passage and that they really wouldn't be getting addicted to it. He goes, and a couple of nights ago, I heard a noise in the house. I went downstairs to think that maybe it was an intruder or whatever, or maybe one of the kids eating ice cream because they like to do that at night, and it's not good. (laughs) He said, long story short, he's like, I went down and I saw in my young son's room, the one who's 10, almost 11, I saw the light on underneath the door, and it was a blue light. She's like, so I knew it was technology. Right. When I opened the door, he's like, I clearly saw that he was looking at pornography and, of course, was engaging in self-sex. Wow. And he said, son, he's like, what are you doing? And as I started talking to my son, he started crying, and he said, dad, I just can't stop. He was 10 years old. Wow. And he said, so I'm not going to give you any more issues. He's like, you're right. He's like, I never would have thought in a million years that my boys would be addicted. He's like, but my 10-year-old, he's like, I'm standing here before you today. My 10-year-old is addicted to porn, and he doesn't know what to do. And so, of course, I was able to give him some resources to get the help. But here's what I want to tell our listeners. There is no shame. We don't need to walk in shame. What we need is healing, forgiveness, Mm. and there's opportunities for restoration and, and true healing. Just because someone's addicted to porn today does not mean they have to remain addicted to porn. Amen. And that's where the hope is. That young man was able to get delivered from it. And that's what I just want to remind people that, listen, you can be addicted today, but you can be set free tomorrow. Wow, that is so awesome. You know, I, I, I'd love to talk a little bit more if you have any more st- st- stats there. I'm very curious how mm-hmm. pornography on the young brain, how, how that affects the brain. Sure. Well, actually, that's something that I think is really interesting that most people probably don't realize. When you actually talk to, whether it's psychologists, psychiatrists, even the FBI's own statistics, number one, do reflect that pornography is not only addictive, Danny, but the FBI's own studies do show that the more someone looks at porn, especially when they become addicted, Mm. they're more likely, even young men are more likely to want to act out 
the porn that they see. Mm. So this is not just something that's victimless. There is no such thing as a victimless crime. Someone is hurting. First and foremost, it changes the way we view the opposite sex. From being a human being with value to now becoming an object that is for your sexual pleasure. And Janique, I, I got to mm -hmm. be honest. When mm -hmm. I was in the pit where I, I was addicted, watching it every day, if not multiple times a day, I would convince myself, oh, it doesn't affect my relationship with, with females. It, I, I don't view them as objects. I love girls. I like, I like being friends with them. And, uh, and I, I even like them more than boys. Like, like I, I, I like girls. Mm -hmm. It was not until I got married that I realized, oh my goodness, every female that I looked at was, is this a potential person that I can make out with? Yeah. Is this a potential person that I can be with? Like, sure. it was always through that lens, even mm -hmm. no matter how attractive, what, yeah. it, it just anything. It was just like, it, I always looked at it yes. like that. And a lot of men admit that what they begin to look at is women as body parts. They're looking at, body parts of that individual. Mm. So it literally reduces us to not only being a sexual object, but just body parts that are used for lust. Wow. And that's our culture truly has a problem distinguishing between lust and love. Whereas lust is mm. all about the person's body and what I can take or use on that body mm. rather than loving the whole person. And in fact, that leads me to something else, Danny, is a lot of people don't realize, and again, dealing with the FBI's own statistics, porn is often, and most people don't realize this, but porn is human trafficking caught on porn. Really? It's caught on film. It is literally, is what most researchers will tell you, is that when people are looking at pornography, they're looking at pornography is, think about it, human trafficking caught on film. You know, I think the best example of that, let me know if you ever heard of this but uh, a couple years ago it came out that there was this company I'm not even going to say the name of it sure, very there, good. there was this company that was creating pornographic films and Pornhub had to make a statement and come out and remove all their stuff and make a statement and come out and say what they were doing is disgusting because every single actress in those films were sex trafficking victims, a lot of them underage, and we messed up by having them on our platform. That's Pornhub, the biggest platform mm -hmm. on the entire planet who deals in this world. Their whole thing is sex and porn, and they were like, we are disgusted with, with this company because mm -hmm. of what they were doing. Yes. No, that's just it. But... Most people will say that human trafficking is wrong. Yes. And they'll want to fight against that. But then if you were to say, okay, are you willing to give up that pornography? Oh, well, then that's a whole different thing because mm. human trafficking, most people feel like that's somebody else's sin. That's somebody else's issue. Right. But when we're dealing with pornography, that's a lot of people's issue that they don't want to look inside and say, you know what? I need to give that up. Right. Because that's ultimately what we're dealing with. But, Danny, you also mentioned about what does it do to the brain. One of the reasons that it's so addictive, and again, researchers from Cornell University, Yale University, the FBI's own statistics do reflect that porn is very addictive. In fact, just as addictive as being addicted to heroin and crack cocaine. Wow. So why? Here's what we do know. Whether you're taking drugs or viewing porn, the addiction process is the same on the brain because of the chemicals that are released. In fact, overexposure to the brain of sexual pleasure 
the chemicals dopamine is released, serotonin, oxytocin, epinephrine. So those chemicals, when they're released in your brain, what it does is it over, it floods it, but then it rewires the brain over time to not only accommodate those chemicals, but to become dependent and addicted to it. Wow. And so then what happens is you end up building a, an intolerance. Okay, so you first you have a tolerance and you build an intolerance to these chemicals and you go from wanting the pleasure chemicals in order to feel good to now you need them to feel good. Yes. And so that's where that addiction comes in is now your brain is totally rewired and now you become dependent just like people become dependent on drugs such as marijuana or cocaine Absolutely. or heroin. Now your body is dependent upon these sexual chemicals. You know, my dad, he is a brain doctor and he, he always yes. explained to me as a kid, he said, we your brain on drugs, your imagine your receptors of being like a catcher's men. And so you're able to when the brain needs to, and when you experience something good, it it hits your catcher's head and it, it makes you feel happy or pleasure. As you do more and more drugs, it starts to sprout out and more uh, uh, neurons are created. More connectors mm. are created so yes. now that thing that brought you so much joy in the past it's now only hitting those like five connectors when there's now 50 of them and so you're feeling a fifth of what it felt before so you have to do Absolutely. more and more drugs yes. how that looks for in pornography is those receptors become numb mm -hmm. and you have to start diving deeper into more hardcore more yes. more evil sexualized yes. porn and it just is it's a it's a never ending cycle. I my wife got to go see you speak. I was uh, here at the booth, but she was telling me about how you talked about Ted Bundy. Yes. And, and how this. So uh, he's probably one of the most famous serial killers in the USA. This guy, he claims he's raised in a nice Christian household. Everything was OK. His parents did nothing wrong. He had a fine childhood, but he found porn at a young age. And he kept it very secretive. It was his own thing. Yes. It kept a snowballing effect into him viewing more hardcore pornography, then leading to what can I do next because this is not making me feel anything. Mm -hmm. That is going and doing this on a real person, leading to even finding pleasure in killing them and murdering them. Absolutely. And he also shared in that same video that he did with Focus on the Families, James Dobson, literally just hours before he was executed because wow. he was executed for his crimes. And he said it was his dirty little secret, just as you said, it was his dirty little secret. He was raised in a very conservative Christian home. He said that many people are, but what happened is his secret was he was addicted to porn. Mm. And the more that you look at porn, the more, because of the, the, the chemicals that you begin to build up a tolerance and now you need more. And so he was started to look at more uh, perverted and very twisted and then even violent mm. porn pornography to the point that now he was acting that out. And that's part of the problem is people don't only look at porn, they want to act it out. What we cannot get away from is the more people look at porn, it gives them a false, what I call sexpectation. It gives you a false expectation as to what a woman's body looks like, that a woman's body is for sexual pleasure, when a lot of these women have had all kinds of plastic surgery. Oh, yeah. When we're looking at images, a lot of them have been doctored digitally. So, again, it gives a false perception. But furthermore, 
I think we have to understand that it also gives a very diminished view and a wrong view of the human body and a wrong view of the opposite sex, where we think human beings are for only sexual pleasure and that it's not about a whole person. And are, 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 are we not seeing that in our culture more and Absolutely. more and more where people are identifying their purpose, their passion, their identity in life? It's all about sexuality. It's all about who they want to have sex with. Mm -hmm. It's all about what sex they are, what gender they are. It's, it, it's mm -hmm. I think, could be linked directly back to yes. the increased pornography. Absolutely, which is so sad. And the other thing is, too, that people, <laughs> that people do have to understand sadly is that when people think that it's it's victimless here's what we have to remember remember when i was saying boys that look at porn or are addicted to it become men who are that's mm. someone's oftentimes the people that we're talking about that's someone's future husband yeah. that's someone's future wife that we're talking about and the reality is is it's no way there's no way that what you sow or whatever you plant there's going to be a harvest for that if you plant apple seeds there's going to be an apple tree right. well if you sow into your body all this pornography you're planting porn mm. it's going to come out later whether when people are engaging in sexual activity but especially in marriage now they believe and they have the wrong expectation or sex expectation of their wife or their husband but danny researchers also reflect there's an awful lot of infidelity and adultery Really? Yes, because what happens is the more people look at porn, they lose the ability to be emotionally intimate and physically intimate and to be committed to their spouse. Because think about with pornography, normally they're not only looking at the same person, they're looking at multiple people. Even in one day, they could be looking exactly. at 20 different girls, right? Exactly, which means they're engaging in sex or self-sex with multiple people. Mm. Well, that certainly is not leading to fidelity. It right. isn't. It's not leading to a long-term healthy marriage. So they lose the ability to be physically intimate with one person wow. and to be committed. Think about even what happened with years ago, the story with Tiger Woods and all of those affairs. Well, guess what? That doesn't happen just randomly. Right. Again, there is a history. When people look at porn, we have to think of what is the destruction later on in addition to the human trafficking, we should be thinking about, I'm looking at someone's daughter. I'm looking right. at someone's sister. I'm looking at someone's brother. On that, that probably, most likely, did not have a perfect life. No. They, they were probably abused, got into it somehow. And you know, or they think they're making money for college. Sure. And they never get out of it. Right, because how could you? If you're, if you're applying for a job or even a school and they look you up online, the first thing that pops up is, is 10 videos of you mm -hmm. having sex, that's not very respectable for a company. That's no. not respectful for a college. It's distracting. No. They don't want that a part of their sure. corporation. And you know, another thing that I'd like to talk about, let me know if you've heard of this, because this is a theory that I have. You ever heard of a generational curse? Yes. I think it's very possible mm -hmm. that a father that feels that they have their porn addiction under control, and it's, it's okay, might, I think it's possible, they might slip up one day, accidentally leave a browser open, their kid stumbles upon it, becomes curious, believes, oh, my dad did it, so it's okay. And the cycle repeats for generation after generation. Absolutely. So if somebody's listening to this right now, which I'm going to, the 90%, most of you, statistically speaking, 
are viewing porn are addicted to pornography. If the fact that your spouse, your relationship in the future will be stunted, or the relationship that you have now will be stunted, if none of these things that we brought up influence your mindset on pornography, think about your future children or your children that you have right now. Do you want them to be stuck in the same pattern? Do, they, do you want them to think that it's okay because their father thinks it's okay? And mm. this is something that a lot of people, I, I don't think, talk to their kids about. So it's, mm -hmm. it's all hush-hush. It's very much like the, the father wants to pretend as if the kid doesn't know that their dad watches pornography or the parents want to pretend that the kid's not. And I think this needs to become an open dialogue. And, you know... I apologize in advance if, if this is too graphic, but ultimately, I mean, this is what we're dealing with is, is adult content. This is in the this reality. Context, this is reality, and we want to protect people because that's ultimately what love does. Love protects. It doesn't mm. harm people. But the reality is, is a lot of men who are addicted to porn and even women will share that they were unable to enjoy sex when they were married. Yes. Because they have trained themselves to have self-sex, which means... It's very selfish sex. Mm. Well, when you're married, it's supposed to be a husband and wife having sex together. So now what happens then is they're, instead of enjoying sex with their husband or wife, they can no longer enjoy sex because they've trained themselves to have that self-sex. It's mm. all selfish. Yep. So now they're often using the other person for pleasure, but still not enjoying it. In fact, many of them will admit that even after engaging in sex with their spouse, they would still have to go look at porn or they'd have to wow. first look at porn to become sexually aroused or excited. My goodness. Well, that leaves the spouse feeling like I'm not good enough. A lot of women feel that they're not good enough for their husband. Why? Because he is not really sexually aroused by his wife because he's been looking at porn so bad. So we have to ask, I mean, you know, that's the question I want to ask someone. When you get married, do you want your husband or your wife to feel that they're not enough? Mm. And that's what we have to be thinking about is you're someone's future husband, you're someone's future wife. Well, the type of husband, the type of wife you are, it actually starts now. Wow. It starts right now. You're and so if you right. want to have a healthy sex life in marriage, then that starts right now. That means sometimes letting go of things that we know are going to mess that up one day. Let's say someone's listening to this right now. Yes. They are still addicted to pornography, whether they're dating somebody, getting married, or married. Do you think it is possible to revert the damage that has been done? Absolutely. And I'll tell you, one of the first things you need to do, there is a book called Every Man's Battle. They also have for high school students, Every Young Man's Battle by Stephen Arter Byrne. Okay. Stephen Arter Byrne. Excellent book. They also have every young woman's battle as well and every woman's battle. So I highly encourage you to get that book. Again, it's called Every Man's Battle or Every Young Man's Battle by Stephen Arterburn. I highly encourage you to start there. Because what they will also do in the book is provide resources to help you get free mm. so you can be the man that you are actually called to be and to be the husband that you're called to be one day. Wow, that is awesome. Thank you so much. I felt like this was a very productive conversation. I hope the listeners at home 
are not offended by this conversation, but this is real life. This is reality. Statistically speaking, 90% of you are dealing with this. And so this is very important to talk about. I think as we air it out more into the culture, yes. it becomes more of an open discussion. There's not shame built around it where nobody no. can talk about it. Yes. I think it will just keep improving because the other side of thought is very, very open about the fact that pornography is okay and masturbation is healthy. That's yes. what they're saying. So it needs to be pushed back. I, th I, I was part of that trap for a, a long yes. time. And you're free. I am free. You're free. And I just want to remind people, you know, we talk a lot, TLT does, about our words matter. But this is also an example. Not only our words matter, but our bodies matter, too, and what mm. we do with our bodies matters. So, Amen. Excellent. Thank you so much, Danny, <laughs> Thank you for again. having me on. Thank you.